I knew it couldn't be true. I was watching the stock market since the beginning of the year, and have been for some time now. And I usually look at three indexes. There's several, actually many indexes, and I have to admit I'm not that schooled on what each of them does or whether or not I should pay attention to some other indexes besides the one that I do. But the one I pay the most attention to, I guess because it's at the top of the list and seems to have the biggest number, is the Dow Jones Industrial. And the Dow is down today right now as I look at it 583.83 it's down 583.83 and it's reading uh, 33,685.33 keep in mind that just a few days ago it was approaching 35,000 now since Donald Trump has exited the Oval Office, it has not really gone down by any significant margin. In fact, it's gone up. I mean, it has vacillated, you know, or fluctuated, rather, from day to day. But it has stayed pretty consistent since January. January, February, March, April, now May and it seemingly, if it did go down, it just was a little bit, and then it would go up, and then it would exceed the former record of the Dow. So this leads me to believe it has been manipulated, manipulated. Now, again, I'm not schooled enough to, and don't have enough time, and maybe you don't even want to hear it, to articulate the reasons why I believe that and how that can happen. But there are people that have the ability to do things to the market to manipulate it other than just reach over and change the numbers. They actually do things that cause it to respond a certain way or to stay a certain way. Now, I have to be honest with you. This is investing part two. And before I go any further, I want to read you a passage of Scripture found in the book of Luke chapter 15, verse 8. And this is in the red letter edition. Jesus is speaking. Now remember, it's a parable. And he is teaching a greater truth about repentance, salvation, and the kingdom of God. So I don't want to do an injustice to the Scripture. However... I do want to point out that Jesus is using a truth that people understand to compare to the greater truth, to show them the uh, ratio, or not the ratio, but the parallel, I guess is the best way to put it, between a temporal truth and an eternal truth. So if they can understand the temporal truth and then they can extrapolate that up in their minds to infinity, I guess you could say, they can understand the eternal truth. So that does not diminish the lesser truth. So get that. So since we're talking about investing, and I mentioned probably last time silver and gold as viable investments, um, 
in comparison and contrasting with the fiat money system that we are currently operating under. And the reason why the stock market, one reason why the stock market is staying where where it has been, but notice it dropped. And I'm going to mention why it dropped in just a moment. It's dropped significantly last day or two. So now it's down, instead of up around 35, it's going down toward, let's look at it again, 33 685. So maybe a thousand points or more different than it was a couple of days ago. And there's a reason for that. Now, what does the scripture say? Luke 15, 8. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, and that's translated from a word that would be uh, 10 drachmas. A drachma was a Greek coin. Remember, this was um, in the Hellenistic world. It was the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire had succeeded the Greek Empire. <coughs> but it was a Hellenistic world. A lot of Greek influence uh, was residual. The Greek Ten drachmas. A drachma was a Greek coin approximately equal in value to a Roman denarius, worth about a day's wage for a laborer. So if you had a denarius, you would have a day's wage. If you had 10 drachmas, you'd have a day's wage. Today, if you worked eight hours and say you made $20 an hour, which is not that much, but Say you made $20 an hour and you worked eight hours, eight times 20, that'd be what, $160? $160? So let's just say maybe a couple hundred dollars. I, I rounded it up quite a bit, I get it. But let's just say you made a couple hundred dollars a day and you worked five days a week, you made $1,000 a week. That's still not a lot of money, folks, but um, a day's wages is significant because if you had $200, you could go out now and you could buy... Well, you could buy four tanks of gas the other day, but now you might get three, a little over three tanks of gas. And that's one of the reasons why the stock market, I believe, has dropped this last day or two because of the hacking, so-called hacking of the colonial pipeline uh, in many of the eastern states and causing uh, people to hoard gas and to panic, and therefore gas shortages have ensued. Now, have you noticed gas prices going up since Biden's been in an office? Um, it's gone all the way up from around 175 up to at least $3. I hadn't even checked it today, so probably around $3. That's a dollar and a quarter a gallon. If you've got 15 gallons in your car, that's about another 19 to $20 per tank and if you use a tank of gas a week that's about twenty dollars that'd be four that'd be eighty dollars a month or on a five-week month that'd be a hundred dollars a month more just so you could do what you normally do with your automobile okay so i'm just showing you some things pertaining to finances the economy and money to show you the value of our blood, sweat, and tears. 
So Jesus says, what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp? Or if you had your iPhone, you turn your little flashlight thing on, get up, look under your bed or wherever. Does not light a lamp and sweep the house. And she doesn't use a vacuum cleaner because if you've ever been to the car wash and then you go in to get your car vacuumed out, I cringe when I go to Clancy's and I let them vacuum out my car because I can hear quarters going up through that hose. So I cringe when that happens because that means I didn't find all the coins on the floor. But it wasn't a day's wages. It was a dime, a quarter, a nickel, a penny. Still, I cringe. But this woman, she sweeps the floor with, you know, a broom. And... She uses a lamp and she seeks diligently, it says, until she finds it. In other words, who wouldn't do that, Jesus is saying. And when she has found it, because she probably told her friends, I lost my I lost my husband's money or I lost my money. And uh, it was very traumatic and panic, you know, had set in. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I lost. And then Jesus shows the greater truth. Just so, I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Wow. So one coin, one sinner. Um, One coin obviously is one among many. And one sinner is one among many, but the angels rejoice over the one sinner because of the value of the sinner that has been converted. And he's showing the eternal value of a soul here by showing the value of just a day's wages, actually. But we're talking about an eternal day with the soul. So that's a greater truth, and that's not what I'm focusing on right now. But just see how God has invested in us. He invested in Jesus Christ, and he invested in the Holy Spirit in us. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the earnest of our inheritance, so if you're thinking of inheritance as value and in the earthly context, money, essentially, the earnest would be the down payment or the deposit that guarantees that there's more to come. Okay, so let's go back to this parable a minute. And um, we're living in crucial times when the fiat money system may come crashing down. I hope it doesn't come down anytime too soon because I don't know what that's going to mean to the stock market. Um we're still waiting on the possibility of some kind of transition from this facade that's, or this thing that's being perpetrated on this American population with this uh, fake administration. It's, it's horrible. It's just horrible what's going on. And, but I don't want to belabor that right now. I just We need to know that if this stays the way it is for a lengthy period, it's unsustainable. And we're going to have to recognize, even if the change takes place sooner rather than later, we still need to be prudent about our money. So that's why I'm talking about investing. Now, I'm not a financial uh, advisor. I am a prophetic teacher, a pastor. And I am encouraging you to do your own research about this and to be very discreet, prudent, and calculated about your decisions. But don't just sit around and twiddle your thumbs, while away your money, 
and not do anything. Um, they say that precious metals, silver and gold in particular, palladium, uh, platinum, uh, I guess there's others, they're, they're, the value there is something that can be retained, sustained, and then you know you can recoup. Um, you can use them even in hard times because even all over the world, gold and silver are valuable. So you might want to look into, like here it says, 10 silver coins. Well, an ounce of silver, say a, a silver coin that's an ounce, all things being equal, just the ounce of silver is worth about $26, $27 right now. And with the, that's just, uh, you know, the way it, it cost uh, before it's sold at, at the, at the uh, place where you purchase it. So you wind up paying around $30, $31 for it, for one coin. So if you had... 10 coins, you'd have about $300 or so, give or take. That's silver. Gold, if you had a gold coin, here the parable is about silver coins, but if you had a gold coin that was an ounce, you know that could be worth $1,800 for that one coin or more, depending on factors that I'm not schooled enough to get into, even if I would try but I, I have begun to look into this. Now, here's another thing you can do with your money. You can buy land. Land is a good investment. Now, don't just buy any old land. You know, Don't buy a swamp. Uh, could go places with that discussion, couldn't I? But hard assets that are redeemable. Uh, like recently, I upgraded my automobile... I didn't buy a brand new one, but I thought it'd be better to have take some monies that I've got sitting there, fiat money just sitting there that has drawn interest and put it into something that I may keep five or ten years. Or if I were to turn around and sell it or reinvest it, I could recoup some of the equity from it. Not all of it, but some of it than to just let the money sit there hoping that it's going to gain more money in this uncertain time. Now, again, that's not a 100% philosophy that I use. I didn't get all my money and put everything into a hard asset. But I'm just thinking if there's things you need that you need to replace, a refrigerator, a chair, a couch... You know, something that has value. Maybe you're looking at one you have and it's all raggedy and so forth and you couldn't get $100 for it. And uh, you're, not en you're not enjoying it. I'm just saying there are things you can do besides um, twiddling your thumbs and not being discreet and discerning concerning your money and your finances. I did use mutual funds. I believe that mutual funds has been historically a great way to increase your money. But remember, I'm looking backwards now at the decades behind me, and I have definitely been able to do that. And I haven't been able to 
put a lot of money into mutual funds because, well, I didn't have a lot of money to put into mutual funds. But I did try to put some in each year. And, you know, 4%, 8%, 7%, 6%, 9% different percentages of return that's compounded uh, on, you know, damaged by taxes at, you know, while it's in there anyway, and we're talking about like a traditional IRA, then that, that can increase over the years, especially if you keep putting some in. But now that that we've come to this point in time, I'm very concerned about that sort of investment. So you need to be very, very informed. And uh, there's a thing called allocation where you take your eggs and you put them in different baskets so that if you drop one basket, you don't lose all your eggs. So do different things. Find some viable options and alternatives. Get some schooling, get some, read some documents, and get some advice from people you trust, and make some good decisions with your monies. If you only have $200, make some good decisions with that $200. I mean, if, if you have that beyond your expenses that it takes for you to live, like your, you know, your groceries and your bills, and even some some pleasures. I'm not talking about sin, of course, but pleasures. Then if you have a couple hundred extra hundred dollars, then maybe you want to find something you can do with that. Maybe it's buy some silver and store that silver in a safe place or gold or whatever. So there's, there's many things you can do, but you need to think about it. Um, because when the storm comes, when a storm comes, you can't, at that point in time, be doing things that, on the spur of the moment, that really take a significant amount of time to accomplish. So now that you have this prompting, you know, just know this. God will supply your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility. That was Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in that verse, he was referring to the verses prior where he had said, you know, I, I can uh, go without and I can abound. I've, I've done all of it. I've done all of it. I've, you know, I've stayed in the uh, motel that didn't have a lot of amenities and I've stayed in the high class motel, you know, just to put it in, a concept that you can understand. I can do both. I don't have to have all the luxuries all the time. But I don't necessarily want to eat um, peanut butter and crackers all week long, even though that's good some and good for you, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I, I can do it all, Paul says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he's talking to the Philippian church about their giving and how they had provided for his needs. And he was telling them, you know, that, that because you have sown into the kingdom of God, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So the best advanced investment you can make, and I'm going to conclude with this, and that's not to minimize anything I've said about gold or silver or hard assets or land. 
or many other things we could get into. But the best investment you can make, in fact, I believe the only investment that will really assure you that any of those others can be as best they can be is when you invest into the kingdom of God where moth can't corrupt, where thief can't break in and steal and destroy. So when you sow into the kingdom, and that's what the Philippian church was doing, and their scripture throughout the New Testament indicates that when we give, it shall be given unto us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So make sure that you, you know, we, some people call it tithe and offering. Make sure you, you give to legitimate, as best you know, uh, your local church and ministries, charities, and people. And uh, that is an investment. Not, but don't just, don't just throw your money out the window or give un- ill-advisedly. You know, use some sense. But again, he's showing in this parable, as I conclude, the, the value of these 10 coins as relates to the value of a soul. When one coin is lost, uh, he's showing the parallel. They don't exactly compare, but he's trying to make it understandable to the people that he's talking to. So God looks for us. He sweeps the earth and he looks for those that will respond to his grace. Praise God. So I hope this has helped you with investing number two. And there may be another one down the road. So be sure and share, comment, and like. Thank you for tuning in to The Prophetic Angle.